All right, well, welcome everybody. Tom Miller here with my teaching and business partner, Katie Reidenauer. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for those who opted in to, our, um, to the John Maxwell event uh, today. That's why we're all here. Uh, we had over 50 just through, my, through our webpage come in. Um, and we were sharing it everywhere. And uh, when I saw 15,000 plus you know, people at one point were on Facebook Live, that was really exciting to me that our school leadership community, which is, you know, growing every day, was part of that 15,000, right? You know, Katie yeah. and I get to learn. That's, we're usually in the room when John does that talk, right? That's not a talk that he always, you know, gives to just a general public, but that's what he's doing over these three days. So it was really enthralling to me. And all, all that I could actually think about was everybody else. I was like, oh, I wonder what... I wonder what Mary's thinking, right? Or I wonder what, you know, Lori Roy, you know, sent me a message from Kate for Center for Inquiry and Rhonda Dillingham. She's like, oh, that was great. And Ellie sent a nice email after. And, and so like, to me, like, that's all I could think about was what's the experience for everybody else? Because um, I know I can go back and watch the replay. And, you know, I was really, really consumed with that. So I missed the first couple of minutes, especially since it was, you know, buffering and stammering all over the place. So I was like, oh, this is going to be... This is going to be not the best experience for everybody, but it really, really mellowed out. And um, I'm pretty sure everybody who actually spent, at least if you spent 15 or 20 minutes, you got some really good gold nugget that you can take back home to your team as John was. This is just day one of the leading through a crisis uh, summit that he's doing. And they added the fourth day. So if anybody wants to hop on on Wednesday, you can do that too, if they're going to be doing uh, a live Q&A. Um, so, you know, Katie, what was just one, you know, one thought, not a great quote, let's hold on to all those, but what was just one thought, you know, going through your head as you were um, uh, watching John today? Well, I just thought how timely this was. I know it coincides with when our conference was supposed to happen, but they had no idea that this pandemic would be going on when they planned this conference six months ago, uh, but they, they pivoted, right, which in leadership, you have to pivot and that they pivoted in a way that that cares for 15,000 plus people. I thought that just speaks to uh, the heart of what the John Maxwell team is all about. And, and you know, so I, I just set it up to be something that I know everyone can learn from. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a couple of John Maxwell team members on here with us. I just saw uh, Beatrice is here and I know Ted uh, Duncan joined from Brevard Academy. So this would have been their first event, you know, going down to Orlando. They just canceled the Orlando event two or three weeks ago. I mean, they were in Israel touring Israel as a team when they sent a message to all of us, like IMC is canceled. We're not sure what we're doing, but it might look like this. And all of a sudden they've able, you know, to put three days of not just, you know, John, but, you know, Katie and I have access to all the other mentors and trainers. So our next three days are, basically glued to, um, you know, virtual. And then they, like, you know, John said, let's just open it up, you know, for everybody. Let's just let everybody. Um, and for John to put this lesson uh, together um, through that, he has a couple of other lessons, like leading through crisis. So if you've heard a couple of his uh, podcasts, you know, you heard maybe some other pieces uh, that he has shared uh, before. Um, so what I would love for this call to be, and, um, you know, is it's really for you. And, and so I would love to hear everybody's, you know, what's one, you know, takeaway, right? If, you've, if you're able to download your, um, download your action guide, you know, I try to put something, I put that together this morning real quick. I was like, but what's your apply? What's your change? What's your teach? Like, what's, what's just your first thought? And then my vision was, as we go through these three days, is the last three pages of yours is, is it's a step-by-step so what, right? So I just invested three hours with John and three hours with Katie and Tom and a bunch of hours, you know, thinking, how could I put a prioritized plan together? And those are the five or six, you know, questions that I put at the back end of that strategic guide. So I'll make sure if you haven't downloaded it, I'll, you know, put it in this, um, in the chat here. And um, so that's what I would love, you know, to do is to, you know, let's take, let's take a moment for everybody um, and, and, uh, and, and just share your first, your first thought. And, um, you know, to me, when John started off with, 
the definition of a crisis, right? And I'm just going to read a little bit of, of my notes here. And he said, there's never two, never two good consecutive days in a leader's life. <laughs> I just started laughing because for charter school principals with a lot of, you know, a lot of you are on the call are either charter school principals or coaches or admin or teachers. And, and he said, you know, which means that leaders should be used to going through rough times, right? And then, but a crisis is several consecutive bad days that you can't walk away from. And he, he took those three, you know, he took what, it was the dictionary, the Greek uh, definition and a medical definition, right, uh, Katie? Was it those three, I think? And then he took this definition and said, an intense time of difficulty requiring a decision Mm-hmm. that will be a turning point right and I, as soon as he said that i thought of the 180 charter leaders right the the 2000 uh, traditional public school uh, principals here in north carolina and, and just all the leaders across the country and you know the world for that you know case an intense time of difficulty requiring a decision that will be a turning point and we have been saying it. If you've been on our calls over the last, you know, 10, 10 to 14 days, we, this is going to be a turning point in your school's history. And, um, and it really, really captured, I thought, you know, for me coming out of this is, you know, you know, you, you know everybody thinks that their, you know, crisis is worse than someone else's. And John's like, you know, listen, you know, crises occur a lot. <laughs> And he just did the last 20 years. And there was like 15 of them that he, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that. But nothing I think has ever impacted us, every person, right, on the globe right now, except I guess if you're in Antarctica. I haven't heard anything about Antarctica and, you know, COVID-19, but, you know, it's really impacting everybody is having a turning point. So for me, like that was my first real takeaway is, what's really a crisis and what is it, you know, what does it mean, right? Because he was saying, you know, you can approach it in two uh, different ways. There's folks that throw gasoline on it and there's folks to throw water on it. And, um, you know, having that message of hope is really what, what, is, what is the key. So for me, um, that, that whole first, you know, three to five minutes that he talked about that definition of a crisis was, was really, really uh, critical to frame my, thought process for the rest of the day so and if anybody had any thoughts on his you know definition of a crisis or you know katie if that resonated with you but for me that was that was a really big moment for me during his talk yeah i mean just a tag team from what you're saying what i wrote down was a turning point requires a decision and a leader's job is to define reality you know so that decision starts with the leader defining reality and then deciding, okay, what's our course of action? But you have to define, okay, where are we? What do we want to achieve? Otherwise, it's just a slapdash approach. Um, and so that's really the opportunity in a crisis is you get the chance to say, okay, this is where we are. <laughs> this is what we want to provide. And then that's when you call the team in and say, okay, now how are we going to get there? Because as he talked about, you know, you're all of you are stronger than one of you. Uh, you know, so if you can get your team involved in moving forward to create that plan, it's going to be a stronger plan. Yeah, absolutely. And I see there's, there's a lot of chats going on here. So, but anybody want to, you know, piggyback on that um, to start off with? What do we got in this chat box here? I'm trying to read it and send someone the link at the same time here. Sorry to have my body language not working. Go ahead, Dee. Hi, hi everybody. Uh, what stood out for me, I mean, everything that John shared, I mean, was, was uh, obviously powerful, but one of the things that stood out for me was uh, crisis requires adaptability. Mm. And, you know, because everything is happening all at once and, and, and just seeing, <laughs> the principal or just our team uh, would just 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 having that ability to adjust and um, and just having a plan a B or C or if plan B doesn't work then let's move to plan C but uh, just from what I've uh, experienced in this short of time is is definitely adaptability and just having the team uh, just move along with with the leader and I love that word that you used, adaptability. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, como se dice en español? Uh, adaptar. Adaptar, yeah. 
Um, I love that. <laughs> I, yeah, because what I keep hearing from teachers, right, is that the plan keeps changing. And that's, a, you know, giving them anxiety. Mm-hmm. And when he said adaptability and flexibility, I think that was his number five, right? I was like, yes, leaders need yeah. to change the mindset that it's not a change. It's we are adapting to the, to the, you know, the wind, right? We're making an adjustment based upon the information that's coming into us. And the issue is, you know, if you're a uh, teacher on here, I've been a teacher. So I'm, I'm going to say with, with peace and love, like the, it's changing fast. <laughs> so sometimes you have to adapt fast. And so I put out some messages about our DISC uh, personality profile, like, it really hit me, Katie, that 80% of the people who have taken our disc are either that S style or the C style, which are super process oriented. And they're getting like, oh, over no, they're, because, they're drowning. Cause, yeah, because they're like, oh, you just said yesterday I did this and I spent six hours doing this. And there really is no, um, yeah, that's a great one, B. Thank you for uh, bringing that in. And, um, and, and Joan has a comment on that here, Tom. She said adapted, adapt, adaptability is key. However, we need to make a decision in the direction that we are moving and not make too many alterations before we have tested the plan that we are implementing. That's right, yeah. And, and then I think John said, or maybe on one of the you know, later messages, the why is just as important for the leader to be able to communicate as the what, right? And to make sure people understand. So what Joan just said is that it's okay to be uncertain, but you can't be unclear, right? You have to have clarity of where we're going. And the only way, I've said this to my wife maybe seven times over the weekend, the only way to get clarity is to do something right? You can't just think your way to clarity. That takes way too long. You got to engage. You got to do. And when you do, it creates, okay, this doesn't work. We have to navigate here. Um, Yeah. So all of that, right? In 10 days, and I just saw that the State Board of Education is meeting at nine o'clock in the morning. So who knows, right? We don't, we don't know, but leaders are doing as best as they can um, to create, to create as much clarity as they can in a, adaptable, very fast moving um, crisis that we're all, you know, working through. So awesome. Really yeah. And, and then there's another comment that I think really ties well into that. And it's from TRCSM. And it says also crisis exaggerates everything, the good and the bad. I see that so clearly now. So if the crisis is really exaggerated and the plan is unclear, it's a big mess. Right, so if the crisis is exaggerated, but your plan is crystal clear, then your team can sail forward. So the, the leader is really the driver in making sure that that sense of overwhelm and that sense of, hey, our, the rug has been pulled out from under us, but the leader can bring that clarity by, uh, by pivoting when they need to, but by creating a plan and, and, and testing it and driving forward. Yeah, that's that's from Natalie from Two uh, Rivers Charter School. That's what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry yeah. about that, Natalie. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. It's and 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 what was John's other thing, right? He said uh, the leader's job is to remove the distraction and gain traction towards the movement, right? To and I really love that, right? To you know whether you got to pull or push or right, you know you have to influence them and gain traction towards the ultimate goal and purpose. And to remove the distractions, right? To, to try to get people to stop thinking so much about all the problems that are, um, you know, occurring, and and really, really, you know, balance the information that they get. And because you know, some of us are just stuck in in in, in negative news land where we're just hearing the negative, and we need to make sure that we balance that. And so that's what a leader's job is to build that hope and optimism, and continue the faith um, to be able to keep on gaining traction. So awesome. What else is out there? Yeah, go for it. Uh, so, okay, so Tom, uh, John said leadership is presence. And it, right now we might not be face-to-face with our team as much as we usually are, but Lori Roy made the point, finding a way to be visible, all caps visible right now is more important than we realize. So if you can't be with them, you know, bodily at present, then, you know, having a schedule where you're meeting via Zoom or some other way where you can be present in front of your team is really is going to reassure them it's going to help them really connect with the plan make them feel a part of the plan uh, so that's really key also yeah um, 
boy, what was, I just, I just happened to turn that to a page. I didn't catch exactly what he said, but he said something to the fact that crisis can show a leader up, right? He said, hmm. crisis will reveal a leader for who they truly are on the inside. Yeah. You know, right? And um, hmm. that's a whole part I need to unpack more because I was like, oh yeah, like I'm watching that. I'm watching that in many different levels from our, from our national leaders, right? Mm-hmm. All the way down to our boots on the ground, you know, local people, you know, you've got our, our, you know, Senator of North Carolina, you know, there's going to be all sorts of investigations there. You've got, you've got so many things and you got so many people who are just really trying to work hard to just keep on doing the right thing um, and, and stay, you know, true to it. So, um, yeah, I love that. And no, no moaning, right? He said, you can't moan and lead at the same time. <laughs> moaning, <laughs> moaning does not give people hope. <laughs> Yep. And I like that. Does, did you catch that difference between optimism and hope? Yeah. I like that, that dis, how he distinguished those two, that optimism is really passive. It's that you're, oh, you're hoping it's going to happen just by a miracle somehow, um, where, where hope is active. It's, it's we're going to do this together, right? So instead of being just optimistic with your team and your families and your students, but to, to be able to give some hope and say, okay, no, we're going to figure this out. So I, I thought that, that distinguish, you know, him distinguishing those two points was really critical. Yeah, it was huge. It was, um, I created a T-chart with that because I was like, oh. And he also said, I don't think he said, there's no uh, courage in optimism, right? Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just there, right? But to, to give hope and to move forward and to make a decision whether it's wrong or right, it takes courage. It takes courage to bomb, <laughs> right? Um, it really, really does. And uh, uh, one of the trainings that we had later in the day, um, there's a Jim Carrey video when Jim Carrey gave the commencement speech, and I don't know where it was in particular. And um, he said, uh, he said he was telling a story about his dad, how his dad wanted to be a comic. Um, but he took the safe job, which was an accountant, right? And he said, you know, to Jim, because, you know, Jim at one point just kind of left his house and he was homeless. And he said, um, you can fail at something you don't want to do. So you might as well fail at something that you want to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wow, that's another part, you know, right in here about, you know, you can fail, you know, and, you know, doing nothing is the worst thing right now. Trying something yeah. as much as, right, as long as you got clarity, you know, Joan had talked about it, you know, lots of people, there's lots of comments about it right here um, in there. So awesome. Yeah. Cool. yeah, and Mary Jo said, you know, it takes a great deal of courage to hope. And, you know, that, that's a powerful thought. Yeah, and it, it is, it's like, oh, man, this is new territory. It's the Wild West. So I might as well go down guns blazing if I'm going to do this. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Who else has got, uh, you know, something that would like to unmute themselves and go ahead and share here? Who else you got? There's lots of people in here, so this is great. I don't know. One of the things that I appreciated was the, the comment that he made about adjusting your way to victory. Mm-hmm. Since we're kind of, we're all building this plan as we, as we implement it, we're going to come up against things that clearly do not work. So being able to adjust in the moment and uh, showing that grace to everybody around us and asking for that in return to try to get us to where we need to be. I think I, I, that resonated well with me. Yeah, I love it. And, and that's great, Alan, and, or uh, Dr. Mack, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share that out loud. Um, yeah, and it, it, it goes back to the uh, distraction part, right? We can get distracted in times of crisis. So for the, for the non-heads of schools that are on, right, we got some teacher leaders and some assistant principals, like it's your job to also make sure that the head of the organization stays focused on, on the end in mind. And, um, you know, one of the you know, lessons that we teach about, you know, the important reason of building a a team and bringing a team into these, you know, a crisis mode is because the team holds everybody accountable and it's easily to get off track and distracted and not make the adjustment when we need to, or make too many adjustments too fast. Like, you know, Joan had noted, 
if we don't have those people around us keeping us grounded and really, really focused forward. Um, you know, I had a leader call me today and she's like, look, I'm sorry to bother you on a Sunday, but I just really don't, I'm not sure if I have other people on my team that I can talk to about this. And I was like, yeah, that's, I'm here for you, but let's solve that problem. Like we've got to build capacity in our folks. Um, God forbid one of you on the call gets, you know, COVID-19 is out for a month. Like what, what would happen, right? Could your, could your organization survive with the plan that you've put in place to be able to run a potential distance learning program for the next six to eight weeks, which may happen. We don't know, right? We don't know yet. So great point there, uh, Dr. Mack. And I think we've got some comments here on the right-hand side who say the same thing. Is that, is that what you're going to go by, Alan, when this is all done? Is it going to be Dr. Mack? Is that, is that, the, is that the call here? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's still, it's, it's still too new. To make that to make that but yeah I don't, I'm, I'm still it's it's still sinking in right and most <laughs> of the folks in the call they don't know uh you know alan's at uh, cape for center for inquiry and he has he's pretty much done he's got almost the last you know check mark off his uh, dissertation so now you're not gonna you're gonna have so much uh, spare time in your hands you're not gonna know what to do that was the first thing that happened after yeah I yeah i kind of um <laughs> it's a little weird to you know be sitting around this afternoon and i'm like oh i could just Turn on the TV and just watch TV show. I don't have to worry about <laughs> writing and all this extra stuff. And I got to shout out Dr. Miller. He was on my committee, so he kind of helped me help me get to this place. So I got to kind of give you a shout out there, Dr. Miller. So thank yeah. you for that. When it's all you know done, it's on charter schools, everybody. So we'll, we'll make sure everybody gets the most important parts of it. So it was great. So awesome. All right. I distracted us enough, Katie. See, Katie, this is your job to keep me on track. I was going to go to the next point. Um, that, so to, to connect with that, you know, about, um, you know, Dr. Mack or whatever, he, whatever he's going to decide to go with, is that this is a time of opportunity to grow. And there might be people on your team who aren't going to be able to take this journey with you. And that has to be okay. Um, you know, we were meeting with a school leader, uh, at our parent, our school leaders consortium, and we talked to him about teacher retention, and he said, you know, this isn't going to be a popular thing to say, but they have to fit in here, or they're not a member of our team. You know, we do our best to try to make them fit, but so when you're in this new reality, that's even more important. Um, you know, so ask questions like, what good can come from this? You know, so you, again, the leader defines reality and makes those positive changes to make sure that the, that the plan can work. Uh, but there was also a comment here. I'm going back to uh, Natalie. Had, uh, she, uh, she said, he also said that adaptability is not conformity. And I, I had this comment here, you know, conformity is about blending in a weakness based on fear and rejection. And we're in a whole new world. So, you know, how would you even conform in a world that hasn't existed for most of us, uh, you know, teaching through digital platforms primarily? Um, so, yeah, you, can, you, you can't conform. You have to create something. So you might as well make it high quality, uh, you know, while you're out there creating. Yeah. Awesome. I think we've got... Um... Rhonda, Rhonda Dillingham. So if you're on the phone and you're not like on the internet, I'm going to unmute you and then you just mute yourself because there's some folks who are trying to communicate in, uh, but because I've got the, uh, it, you know, set up this way. So that's on me. So Rhonda, you ready? Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Um, I really, really appreciated the words from John Maxwell today. And the third point he made uh, when he said crisis reveals what's inside of us, choices make us, but a crisis reveals who we really are. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, throughout my life, when I've faced adversity, I thought, why am I going through this? What is it I'm supposed to learn? Well, people appreciate authenticity in a leader. And when you live an authentic life, it causes scars. But those scars are there to help you help someone else. And I really appreciated that he said that. Um, and I also love that when he talks about the PGE decision, um, the experience part of the PGE, um, that's based on your intuition, your timing, and your decisions 
should align with your values. So if you say that people come first, then your decisions should align with that. And that really reinforced the decision that I made today when he said that, because um, I might have made an unpopular decision for some people, but it was based on what I value, and that is my words. So, um, yeah, there there were a lot of impactful things that he said. I really appreciated it. Yeah, that was awesome. I, well, I love the fact that you were saying it. Lori Roy was typing it, actually. It actually popped up <laughs> in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. I was like, I was like, is Ron feeling oh. Lori's, uh, you know, no, no, this is great. No, I, no, you're, you're. Cool, Lori. Yeah, choices make us and the crisis reveals us. And Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, you touched on values, Rhonda, and towards the end of John's talk, he said, when you know what your values are, it's easy to make decisions. So if that's the kind of the root of our work, if we value our work, um, then it's easy to make decisions. They don't, it, it, it's less important if they're uh, popular. It's, are they rooted in my value system? Then that's, that's the litmus test. Yep. Yeah. And, and it also helps people prioritize, you know, I mean, that's a big, you know, part, we need to really learn what's important right now. Like, you know, cause you can work all day long, but if you don't address what's most important right now, um, there's no excuse, you know, school leaders, there's no, you know, fires, you know, going down in the hallway cause the school is uh, closed. Right. So, so there's great time here to check in with all of your people and put the people first. I love that John, he always starts with that. That's an easy one for him. Um, and it's, it's, you know, such an easy point. So those were his, his six uh, points. I think I got them all right, right? Put people first, educate yourself, be flexible, leverage your team, communicate judiciously, and be authentic. Those were the six, I think, right? That's right. That's what I had. And uh, Mary Majors put up um, about what he said about, you know, Noah. Uh, you know, if, if, you know, Noah was on a boat, he said, well, where's the elephant? We got to throw him off first because he's, he's the biggest, we're going to get the biggest bang of our buck. So knowing what's most important right now. So that's a really important question as you all start week two, you know, basically tomorrow of, working from home atmosphere for the most part, like what's most important uh, that we address our day with, right? From a professional and a personal standpoint, uh, because we've got, you know, we're, we're all spending a lot more time at home than we ever have, you know, more than likely. And um, we have basically turned our backyard into everything right now, because we realized when we were out front, you know, people were coming over and kids were coming over and it kind of became an awkward situation. I was like, you know, no offense, but I don't know where your kids have been. So we just started to put everything out back and really start to really reestablish what's most important for us from a personal and a professional uh, standpoint there. And, and John, you know, he's got to be flexible, leverage your team, right? Your team is your family right now. Everybody has a role in what this, in what this looks like. Um, but I would love to spend a couple minutes on number five, which is communicate judiciously. And he said, he said, um, it's about wisdom, right? It was, it was all about wisdom and, and, and um, wisdom doesn't come from, uh, um, you know, book smarts, right? Wisdom comes from experience. Mm -hmm. So how do we educate our team and our people and our teachers or, uh, you know, our you know, staff, you know, whatever role you have here on this call, how do we, how do we communicate judiciously and know what should be communicated and what shouldn't be communicated um, and how often? I'm really curious because we got a lot of information going out there now, you know, social media from schools and this and that from schools. What's important and what's not? And how do you keep it clear? Hey, Tom. Yep, you got it. Friends, um, I have found it most important to communicate um, very clearly that we don't have all the answers. Um, I think that's first and foremost a, a priority for families because they have so many specific questions just to say. Uh, we sent out some FAQs with basically like, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. And as soon as we have the answers to these questions, we'll let you know. Um, and then, of course, communicating what we do know. 
and what our current plans are and that our plans are going to change. And I'm sorry, my babies are still up. So it's kind of loud here, but, um, yeah. And, and even that, you know, I said it, I said it earlier with the choices, make us crisis reveal us. You've got to be able to enable the ability to make mistakes. So, um, and that we're learning too, and it's all, we're going to figure it out, but I'm going to mute myself now because we have a little yep. going on over here. That's fine. It happens. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we want, right? I mean, in this times, you know, uh, and that was Lori Roy from Cape Fear Center for Inquiry. If you didn't, if she didn't introduce herself, but yeah. So what? So let's keep talking about that, right? Because because I, I think this is a point. Like we, you can't over communicate, right? Um, but you could overwhelm, or you could maybe um, uh, communicate different messages, right? So. So getting back to that one point, right? Katie said it values, right? We are focusing on communicating this message based upon our mission. And here's how we're going to serve during these times. And, um, and then having clarity in like, how does the channels go? Cause you don't want to lock up your people, right? You want them to be able to communicate and they're going to gain wisdom through experience, right? They're going to learn what was wrong and what, you know, like, oh, what could you have said, you know, differently next time? Um, that's really how it, you know, comes through. Uh, Tom, we kind of uh, almost kind of the flip side of that a little bit. One of the things that Lori actually shared with me this afternoon that when you're sharing this information, it is also easy to completely overwhelm the people that you're working with. Mm. Um, I started a conversation and an email chain back and forth today, and we got so into the weeds with three or four people and we kind of had to step back and say like, okay, we need to, let's make sure that we're taking time to relax as well. So kind of talking about the, the message that you're sending and the way you're communicating. I was communicating that we need to be working on this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's not true. We need to make sure that we're taking time and relaxing and kind of unplugging a little bit. So kind of those unwritten messages as well. Yeah, that's right. That's good. I think also piggyback on that convo to acknowledge, you know, that these are, as I said, these are the hardest working people I've ever seen in my life. And I'm seeing like stuff come out of the woodwork that I've, you know, you just don't know, but, but that it doesn't all have to be solved tomorrow between eight and 12, you know? So yeah, this is important work and it needs to be addressed right now, but let's look at a time we can all really dedicate and not have back to back zoom meetings you know for four hours in a row like it's just different so we're trying to figure it out yeah it made me think about you know katie thanks laurie and alan um i was just rereading this because i was like you know this might be a good time for us to go out and revisit the you know the four types of meetings right because you still kind of need your daily stand up to make yeah, sure yeah. clear but the other things like this is our weekly tactical and then we've got some things just happening. Okay. We got to schedule them, but also balance them. So we're not killing ourselves and each other. And what's most important right now is really, really key for that team to discuss. This is critical. This is not right. And this is where our board needs to also, we need to be like, Hey, look board, you got to keep on going to business as usual, right? Through this, you know, strategic outcomes calendar, because we're, you know, navigating these other challenges and problems. Um, so keeping all those, you know, in harmony and in balance. And that's why I said, you know, number four, leverage your team, right? John said, all of us are smarter than one of us, right? But I think he said it wrong. and I just said it wrong to it. You get the drift, right? The more uh, people you bring in, the better the ideas are going to come out. And then the more you can build capacity uh, with folks, but with clarity. It's good. Yeah. Love to hear from anybody else. You know, Ellie, I don't know if you're able to chat, but my wife and I were talking about this weekend. Ellie's the um, executive director at, at the Explorer School where our, you know, our kids go and I'm a board member. I was like, you know, I couldn't think of a better person who's so detail oriented than Ellie to be addressing all the things happening in the crisis because <laughs> she is very detailed and she's really good. And she just seems to really be able to paint the picture and uh, communicate well. And uh, as much as I always say, it's like, gosh, her emails are so long. But when you read them, you're like, oh, she hit on everything I was already thinking about. And so being able to be proactive and have that intuitiveness 
of what needs to be communicated and what, what can we hold off now? Like Laurie said, we've got an FAQ section that has questions, but no answers yet, but we're getting there, right? And, <laughs> um, and, and so, but we hear you because that's what your people need. Remember, we, we started this 10 days ago, or I, from, what is it, eight days ago, that's it? Oh my God, eight days ago when we first said, your people are gonna look for security. They wanna know that, that you know, where do I go for information? And, and, and how do I make sure that, you know, we, we at least have a direction. So communicate your direction. Um, don't have all the answers to the plan, but uh, this, is where we, this is where we envision it, you know, being 10 days from now, 30 days from now, whatever that, that might be. Yeah, John captured it this way, Tom, at least one of the many ways he captured that sentiment. He said, leaders navigate uncertainty by choosing to swim when the environment is fluid. Have we been in a more fluid environment in education? No, I can't, I can't even imagine. So leadership, leaders navigate uncertainty. And so I think Lori's right by saying, we don't know, what, we don't have these answers. And, you know, and that, I think admitting that is, is a humble way to lead, that people are going, you're going to build trust. And so when you have the answers, okay, we're, you know, this, this is our answer. They're going to say, okay, they must really be sure because they've, they've done their research. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, sailors never like earned their way in, in calm waters. <laughs> right. Yeah. A boat, a boat is easier to sail in calm waters, but that's not what a boat was built for. <laughs> you know what's really funny, Katie, is you keep saying John, and I'm looking on the right-hand side. I'm like, oh, what a John is she talking about? Like, <laughs> okay. Uh, say, well, John you know, Maxwell. John here that's super smart. I'm like, who's this John? <laughs> that's a riot. Yeah. No, I love it. Okay. Well, listen, we got about 20 minutes left or so. So I would love to, to, you know, I go into what is it that you're going to apply or change and teach, right? So you had, you know, the call was, you know, six hours ago, maybe listen to it later. So what's one thing that you're going to apply, change or teach, you know, that's at the top of page two, you know, getting prepared for your act. If you downloaded the, the work guide, because this is what John's all, you know, all like about. So intentional action, um, or like, you know, good intentions was, you know, being on a call today, go, oh, that was great. But intentional actions actually doing something from what it was today. So I would love, Katie, if you got yours, you got one that you that you um, that you want to share out. Well, I, I wrote down offer hope instead of optimism, you know, and, and just really focusing on what that the difference is between those two. And, and something that you and I have been doing is building that uh, COVID-19 resource sheet and, you know, keep reposting it and resending it out as we update it. And so that's what I've been committing to, because I think that's how we build hope is that, hey, there's a resource out here that's going to be continually updated. Uh, you know, you can count on LBL for that information. And I'll, I'll post it here in this chat line so everybody has the latest version. But that, uh, that seemed really critical to me, that, that hope is, is saying that, hey, we're in this together, and I'm going to help you, and you're going to help me, and, and it's, we're going to be able to get through this. And yeah. maybe learn something new. I mean, I think that's the, this, this is really posing, this is an opportunity time not uh, and i know it's a challenge too but i think you know just as some people have mentioned on here there are people who are rising to this challenge i think joan talked about some people who have really rise, you know risen to the challenge um, from bonnie Cohn, and i'm sure everybody on here you know has that too but there are probably some people who are disappointing you as well um and i uh, you know what they say crisis reveals who we are you know it doesn't make who we are so um, so that that's that was my apply offer hope instead of optimism I love it all right offer hope instead of optimism there's there's a part here that I circled and um, he said uh, lead me and go get your scars right lead mm. me and go mm -hmm. get your scars <laughs> so I think one thing that I have to do is I have to ensure that I don't assume everybody has their scars. Hmm. And I think one thing that I have to apply is when I come into any situation is to not, and I talk about this a lot, is to re remove assumptions and ask more questions so I can identify what scars do they have, hmm. right? And, and also make sure that helping them gain clarity towards what they want, right? Because those are the really two important pieces. But what have you experienced? 
and and what would you like to see happen like what would you like to see at the end of this road whatever your you know crisis mini crisis big one that you're that you're navigating through what is it that you want to see and i think sometimes i come in with well you should just know how to do that well they don't know how to do it that's why they called you tom you dummy like, like that's the whole point but i have to be very conscious of that and so when he said that, lead me and go get your scars, I thought was great. And then the other piece he said, um, he was talking about their time in Israel and how um, the leaders need to, or the, the soldiers should see the backs of the leaders, right? Mm. The leaders need to be out in front in that uh, situation. And it made me think of like, you know, Braveheart, right? And other things like that is, like, oh yeah, you always see them out in front, right? They're always out in front. They're not like in the back, they're not, you know, given orders. Um, so yeah, so, so make sure that the leaders are out in front during that and, and help them gain clarity towards what they want uh, to get and not assume that they've done it before. Because um, I think there's a lot, we have a lot of brand new, you know, principles that are, this is, this is probably some of their first year or even maybe some of them like their first three to four months in a leadership role and they're having to navigate their school through this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Jones added in here, asking questions is critical. Challenging the boundaries is important. Asking for problem solving is essential. We may not have all the answers, but we need to seek out collaborative solutions. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, John. Who else has either apply a change or teach that they're, that they're going to uh, utilize based upon today? Well, one of the things uh, for me is apply, how am I going to apply change? And one of the it's tapping into what is my, I feel my greatest strength is encouragement. I, I love to encourage others. And the way I can impact, like even through my school, uh, going back to what John uh, said, what can I do to help people get through this crisis? So from a school setting, uh, because we have a higher percentage of uh, Latino families, how can I help these families uh, go through this uh, crisis, right? And so my role, I, I, I have made it very clear to our principal that we have to keep uh, just putting out those messages like on Facebook, uh, giving them, make sure that documents are translated, make sure that we give parents a guide on what the schedule is, looks like on a daily basis because families don't know just as me as a mom, I'm having to navigate that as well. But just making sure that, uh, you know, the encouragement is provided to our Spanish speaking families that they know that the support is there. Awesome. And that's uh, Beaches Brown. And if you don't have somebody, if you don't have translated language on your website or handbooks or whatever, put your email um, in that uh, chat box, uh, Beatrice. And if sure. you are looking for resources or uh, support, she's, um, she does that work and she does translation uh, uh, like yes. she, she has, she has been on the stage with some thought leaders translating their words, which is really awesome all the way through doing handbooks and IEPs and all those other things. So if you don't have someone and Thank you're looking you. for someone, uh, she can help out. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to touch on what Beatrice said, um, you know, cause she, what, what she was talking about is really anticipating what needs the parents are going to have. And I think that the, this time, you know, anticipating the needs are going to be critical because we're in week two. So now maybe the honeymoon is over a little bit. Maybe it was over by Tuesday of last week. I don't know. But, uh, but anticipating what are the parents going to need? And, and John Maxwell said, mm -hmm. leadership is helping others and getting out of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You know, and our parents are all not in their comfort zone teaching because they're now, you know, responsible for their child's education um, and, you know, making sure that you know they can be successful in a different setting you know so anticipating those needs that's really careful so that might not be comfortable for for you all as the school leaders but i think acknowledging like okay this is really uncomfortable okay but that's okay i'm a leader i was built for this time okay what do, what's most important and what do i value you know starting there you know you're, you're going to be on the right track awesome yeah that's great all right who else who else is willing to get out there and share their their act
And Mary added, I'm going to wish all our people well, and then it makes it difficult to judge others. Mary, you always do that. You, you, your people love you, uh, but, but I, I'm glad you're recommitting to that, um, and I will teach them instead of judging. Stick to my values and morals. Love that. Yeah, that's a great one. And then Joan's got uh, sending out uh, sample daily schedules was critical to supporting their families. Um, so yeah, so really, really important stuff happens. So there's, there's uh, Beatrice's uh, contact info on the right hand side. Um, perfect. Anybody else want to share their act? And then I'll just talk about the next, you know, 48 to uh, 60 hours. Um, if we got anything left there. I think that's everybody. All right, perfect. So tomorrow at noon, John's gonna go live again. And, and so it'll be on the same link. So I'll make sure that I send it out. And even if you don't catch it at exactly 12, um, if you wait 10 or 15 minutes and then let the live you know, kind of calm down, that seemed to work for some people today. Um, there might be some other links. Uh, I know he's on his YouTube page and his John Maxwell page. I'll look for those, but the Facebook just seems to be the easiest one. Either way, by an hour afterwards, um, they have been sending us a link to go back to a site where they're putting all the videos. So you'll have access to all the videos um, and they may keep them up for a pretty long time. Um, so tomorrow he's specifically teaching on leading through adversity, right? It, it's a different topic uh, tomorrow. It's a two-part two lesson. Um, so then we'll huddle back again here tomorrow at 7 p.m., same link, and I'll record it and I'll send it back out. Um, so invite your team, invite anybody else that you would want to have access to it. Um, you should have received a link to come into our um, Leading Through Maxwell's Principles um, you know, online course as well. So hop in there and you have that forever. So um, and we'll, we're always adding some information in there and uh, resources um, as well. So you should have that. Um, you can schedule time with Katie and I um, either, you know, privately one-on-one or maybe with your team to help you talk and think through your plan as well. We offer that as a bonus. And um, so we're going to continue to help and be with you. So John's going to go live again Monday, live again Tuesday. And then he, they announced that today, Katie, they're going live again Wednesday at noon. So there's three more hours of time if you want. Um, he did talk about joining the John Maxwell team. If you ever want to learn more about that, you know, happy to talk to you about it and send you some information on it. Um, but, you know, that's what we get a lot. You know, we get John face-to-face -face and then small group. And then Katie and I went to Paraguay last year, which was unbelievable. And to like, you know, John was on our plane. So we got a lot of extra John time um, kind of informally, which was really funny. Um, and you know, fun to see him outside of off the stage. He's he is a he is a um, he's a character. Let's just say that he's a really really fun guy. Oh, on the dance floor, he was on the dance floor with us. Too. Loves to dance. He is a yeah. Oh yeah, he's a ladies' man. Well, just a couple of things I wanted to add from our our resource resource sheet. So if you haven't looked at it for a few days, there are quite a few new things right at the top. Um, so there's a template for a telework policy. So if your board is looking at your board policies and you're like, well, what do we do? We've never thought about telework. Um, uh, Lisa Gordon-Stella, who's a, a charter school attorney, she shared a, a sample policy with me. So I've shared that on there. Uh, Deborah Brown from Explora shared a, a digital walkthrough template. And so I've, I've, I've added a few things to her template, but, um, but most of it is her work. And then there's also a county by county listing of where meals are being served. So that could be a resource for your families. And then there's more um, exceptional children guidance uh, in there as well uh, with some updated questions about serving, you know, your students with IEPs and 504s. Yeah. And as you're, um, you know, everybody's a little bit outside their comfort zone right now, right? So I know one of the things that Katie and I talked about is um, you saw John speak live today. So we actually have access to, 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 to show short portions of John's videos of how to communicate and connect virtually. So one of the things that we're looking to do is within the next week is just to, to allow teachers to come in and have a platform to learn how to better connect virtually, how to be better online, um, because I'm sure we got tons of teachers out there that are terrified and some that just want to get 
a lot better. Either way, uh, we're going to you know open up a resource that would be um, some online professional development for them, and also some live conversations like this. Um, so if you're interested, look for those links, and we'll be talking about that. They've got enough stuff you know happening right now. So to add one more thing might be too much, but we're trying to figure out how do we help all levels. And then Katie and I partnered with uh, 20 other thought leaders across the country. And there's a youth leadership. Um, it's got like 20 videos on it. We all put one of our best, you know, lessons on there for youth. Uh, so I'll send it out to everybody too. And you could send that as part of your curriculum or just send it to parents if they want or whatever you want, but it's got some really good, uh, you know, lessons on there. So we're trying to really be able to equip you and not overwhelm, but be a uh, support. So we've got these next, you know, couple of days in leadership. We're going to launch something for your teachers uh, and your youth in the coming days uh, as well. And, and then I'm just going to end with this one, Katie. I love that John has told this story a lot about when he was on that private plane. And then he asked the pilot, you know, when he got down and he kissed the ground and said, where did you learn to adjust the plane mm. like that? And he said, I made that decision 18 years ago, right? Yeah, that's right. So this is an important time as you're gaining wisdom experience through leadership. Some of you have been doing this for 25, 30 years, and some of you are just in a couple of years. Like the decisions you make based upon your values, right, and your mission, that you will hold on to these forever, right? And you'll always learn from it. So if it goes wrong, you just make an adjustment. If it goes right, then you say, now I know for the next time of how I would do it. So the more you stay in tune with each other and the more you learn what works, that's how you gain wisdom. Because the difference between wisdom and knowledge is, Katie, do you know the answer? The difference between wisdom and knowledge? Experience? No, I don't know. So uh, knowledge, right? Knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit but wisdom is knowing that you don't put it in a fruit salad so no? it's experience right <laughs> all right i tried all right i tried to there you go try to engage and entertain through the virtual pc alan's laughing so there you go all right so yeah so keep that in mind right you are gaining experience through this process and know you're not going to know it all but be very in tuned and walk slowly through your crowd. Like now it's a virtual crowd. You can't walk through your halls now. So think about how do I walk slowly through the crowd and really gain the perspective of where my people are and what they need from me over these next three, seven, 14 days, right? Because this is a really important time for your organization. Yep. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, see you all tomorrow. Enjoy John tomorrow. And then we'll be back in 23 hours and seven minutes. See you then, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.